Today's show is sponsored by the Magnetic Cloud Event on Wednesday, September 15th at 10 a.m. Pacific, hosted by Cisco Investments. Magnetic Cloud is a virtual summit for startup founders and investors. During the summit, executives from Cisco's cloud and compute business and the CEOs from Cohesity, Isovalent, TriggerMesh, and Serverless will discuss Cisco's cloud strategy and how startups can drive success with corporate partners, talk about the latest hybrid cloud and cloud-native trends, and explain some of the incredible opportunities that cloud-native technologies enable. To register for this free virtual event, just go to bit.ly slash magnetic cloud. That's bit.ly slash magnetic cloud. Check out the Magnetic Cloud event on Wednesday, September 15th at 10 a.m. Pacific, hosted by Cisco Investments. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, as we continue to roll into early September 2021, and uh, another Sunday Perspective show. Good to be back with everybody. I hope everybody's doing well. The weather is starting to change a little bit, at least here in the United States and the uh, Northern Hemisphere, starting to cool off just a bit, having to wear a sweatshirt, having to wear a hoodie. Uh, So it's nice. Uh, Things are starting to to get into fall. The colors of the leaves are starting to change. So I hope everybody is doing well. hope everybody's staying safe. hope everybody is taking care of friends and family and uh, kind of getting through as we continue in the pandemic. Um, I want to talk about sort of an interesting topic, something that's been kind of rattled around in my brain. Um, Sometimes we talk about stuff that's very top of mind, and sometimes you know, there'll be a bunch of data points that I start to see and some pictures start to form in my head. Um, you know, and you start to think about, okay, there's an announcement, there's some sort of little nugget of data, there's something else. You know, what's going on here? What are we seeing? And what I was going to kind of dive into today is, you know, if you follow the show for a while, especially if you followed it over the last two or three years, maybe three or four years, you know, you may have been sort of looking at the the cloud market, especially the sort of three big clouds part of the cloud market and sort of said, well, you know, it feels like it's always going to be AWS is number one, Azure is going to be number two, sort of a close number two, give or take. And then, you know, there's Google and Google's number three and, you know, they're kind of doing their thing. But of late, it really starts to feel like, you know, we hit this stage with whoever is the largest incumbent company. And we've seen this you know, over and over again in our industry. Um, and we also see it sometimes when there is a big major event that goes on in the world um, in which, you know, sometimes not necessarily companies become compliant, but at some point you start complacent, not compliant, complacent. Uh, but, you know, you begin to see some plateauing of things. You begin to see, you know, a few things start to change. You start to see some sentiment start to change. You start to see some some ancillary type of things start to move around in ways they hadn't moved around before. And what I kind of wanted to dive into today a little bit was what I think is going to be, I think we're at the beginning of about 12 to 18 months, maybe 12 to 24 months, we're really going to see a lot of change, a lot of chaos, a lot of sort of three-ring three wing circus, if you will, uh, amongst the big three clouds. Um, I, we're beginning to see a lot of people moving around. Uh, we've seen some interesting leadership changes. Um, you know, we've seen uh, some things, some announcements here and there that make you go, hmm, okay, maybe there's a little more belief beneath the surface that we need to look at. And the types of things that, you know, start to, you know, change the leaderboard, chart to change kind of where the players are uh, in the big picture of things and and how that's going to impact the market. So we're going to dive a little bit into that right after the break and, and really look at, you know, what are some of the underlying 
foundational things that are starting to move around a little bit um, that could very much change the bigger landscape of things. But I think what's going to ultimately be 12 to 24 months of a lot, a lot of change, a lot of chaos, a lot of uh, moving around. And we're going to get to that right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by Veeam. The forecast is showing clouds, so make sure you're prepared with simple, secure, and cost-effective cloud data protection from Veeam. Take advantage of this exclusive Veeam offer that includes unlimited AWS or Azure backup free for 30 days. That's free for 30 days. $250 in cloud credits and 25% off when you buy 12 months. Veeam has you covered. To check out this offer, visit vee.am veeam slash free dash Azure dash backup dash credits. That's vee.am slash free dash Azure dash backup dash credits. Today's show is sponsored by Cloud Zero. For software-driven companies focused on growing margins, Cloud Zero is the only cloud cost intelligence platform that puts engineering in control by connecting technical decisions to business results. By analyzing cloud services like AWS and Snowflake, Cloud Zero provides real-time cost insights that help you maximize margins. Engineering teams can answer critical questions like, who are my most expensive customers? How much does this specific feature cost our business? What's the cost impact of re-architecting this application? With cost anomaly alerts via Slack, product-specific data views, and granular engineering context that makes it easy to investigate any cost, Cloud Zero is your complete cloud cost intelligence platform, connecting the dots between high-level trends and individual line items. Join companies like Drift, Rabbit7, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com cloudcast to get started today. That's cloudzero.com cloudcast. And we're back, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to dive a little bit into what I think, uh, just based on seeing a lot of sort of rumblings here and there, some announcements, people moving around, people leaving companies, kind of the overall market uh, kind of feel for how money's floating around, kind of all the things that we tend to track on this show, follow the money, follow the people, follow the technology, what are some of the trends that are going on, what are some of the bigger picture kind of macro level things, what are the micro level things. And, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think we're going to start to see, uh, we're going to be at the beginning of what I think is going to be a really crazy kind of hectic uh, 12 to 24 months. And I'm going to kind of lay out this from somewhat the perspective of, of AWS. I'm going to kind of put all this stuff into the perspective of, you know, over the next five to 10 years, do we expect that we'll sort of be static in, you know, AWS is 20 or 30% ahead of where uh, Azure is, Azure's second place continuing to grow, uh, Google's third place, they're all kind of growing at some point. But I think, and this is sort of my prediction is, I think we're going to see kind of a shakeup. I think we're going to see not only a shakeup, maybe in, in the order of things, uh, you know, we may not necessarily see one, two, and three be in first, second, and third place uh, five, six years from now. But I think we're going to see a very different kind of perspective on the companies uh, from where they are. And I know that's kind of a hard thing to wrap your head around because at some point, you know, when companies are really big, whether it's, you know, Amazon and AWS or Microsoft and Azure or Google with GCP, like, <clears throat> you know, there's a certain amount of corporate culture, corporate DNA that's sort of so inherently baked into the company, it's hard to fathom that it would be anything different in a few years or four or five years or whatever. But, you know, we've seen a number of things. And again, I'm going to kind of put this in the context of AWS because they are the leader. And whenever you're the leader in a market, it is, it's incredibly hard to sustain success. It's incredibly hard to continue to, uh, number one, grow at the, at the rate that you were as the numbers get bigger. Uh, we see that with every industry. It's not unique to, to Amazon or AWS. 
but it's really difficult to sustain success and and really world-class success for a long time. And we see this not just in the tech industry, but we really see it in every industry, whether it's um, you know, the music industry. So for example, you know, you think about something like the Beatles. The Beatles were this unbelievable worldwide phenomenon, but in reality, they sustained success from about 1963 or 64 to about 68 to 70, maybe five, six, seven years. It's amazing given all the success they had. But you see this with with sports all the time. You see it as uh, you know a an unbelievable coach uh, who has you know guided their team for years and years to championships, maybe for decades. He leaves, and you just assume, well, that team is so good. That team has so many good players. The people that run the organization just know what they're doing, and it's very, very difficult to follow somebody who's been an amazing leader, especially somebody where that cult of personality, uh, pers- you know, kind of intoxicates the entire organization, is so visible in the entire organization. And so we have a little bit of that going on uh, with AWS. Obviously, uh, Andy Jassy's moved up into a bigger seat. Uh, new <clears throat> uh, Mr. Slipsky has, has stepped in, big shoes to fill, big numbers to get to. So, you know, there's a little bit of that that goes on. And then you have really kind of some interesting economic factors going on, right? We're seeing so many, so many engineers that are moving around right now, especially the really good engineers. And, you know, we're seeing announcements, we're seeing tweets, we're seeing people change companies. And a lot of that is, you know, if you've been in an organization and Amazon has had a fantastic number of people for a really long time, amazing engineers, and and sometimes we hear about them, sometimes we don't. Um, But, you know, we're seeing people leaving. And, And that's not unusual. That's not usually necessarily, you know, a sign of, hey, things are terrible by people leaving. Sometimes, People just get bored, right? So really smart individuals, really creative individuals, sometimes they get bored. Sometimes they've, you know, gone from a, what was a smaller organization to <clears throat> part of a bigger organization. The company has grown and they feel like it's more difficult to make the kind of impacts they want to make. Uh, they don't have as much autonomy as they did before. All those sort of things happen. So it's it's really not unusual to see over time the earliest engineers, sometimes the most creative engineers you know, look for something new, something that they think, again, can change the world, they can make a dent in the universe, all those sort of cliches and buzzwords. So we're starting to see a little bit of that. We're starting to see some people that are trickling out. And and obviously, we can't keep track of all of them. Amazon has lots and lots of people they're hiring and so forth. Um, but that's just something to keep an eye on. We're starting to see some of the leadership change. And the leadership leaving or the leadership changing, going to other places, that's not unusual either, right? And anytime you have a new leader come in, one of the first things they do is you know, they try and figure out how much can these people around me that, that I didn't hire, that I'm sort of inheriting, how much can they help me? How much do they, you know, one of the great things with leadership that you have to look at is, you know, there are people who are deemed to be great leaders, but one of the reasons they're oftentimes great leaders, it's very rare that they're great at everything, right? They're great at sales and marketing and engineering and leading people and prioritizing and being a, you know, a big personality and being able to sell and all the things that you need to be a great leader and a plan and financial acumen. Oftentimes you have, you know, a few of those characteristics that you're very, very good at, right? You absolutely have to be great to get into, you know, high level leadership, but you also recognize where you don't have strengths, where you have weaknesses or lack of strengths or lack of knowledge. And you oftentimes augment those with people that are part of your your leadership team, right? And so the best leadership teams oftentimes are this really nice blend. They're sort of an orchestra of skills. They mesh together. They have people who recognize some of us have to be visible leaders. Other of us have to be you know, really great team players and really good at what we do. And, and there's this great balance that goes on between that. When you have a new leader come in, no matter how great the organization is, 
that new leader is going to go through that same process, right? They're going to try and figure out, you know, what skills do I bring that I think are great? Which ones do I'm trying to evolve myself? Which ones can I augment with people? <clears throat> and so you see people leave from time to time. Sometimes it's because they weren't chosen to be the leader. Um, that happens, right? That's not unusual, especially if they're very well off. They're not necessarily doing it for the money anymore. Uh, but other times, you know, that new leader comes in and they they shuffle the deck because they there's redundancy there, right? They don't need certain skills overlapping. They need other skills to help them be successful to make the organization successful. So we've seen some leaders uh, come and go and, you know, people make different uh, takes on what that is. And we don't always know why people leave, but, you know, we're going to see that change. And, you know, if we put this in perspective, uh, Amazon had the same leadership, at least the core of the same leadership for a long time. You know, AWS had had the core of that same leadership for a long time. Um, They're now going through a huge change. Google went through this change three or four years ago as Thomas Kurian came in, right? AWS, or I'm sorry, Azure went through this, you know, four, five, six, seven years ago, as I talked about in a show not too long ago about how Satya Nadella came in, right? And so both Google and Microsoft, especially around their cloud businesses, have kind of gone through those changes. And they've, you know, you've seen their business grow, right? They were stagnant or behind for a number of years, but you're seeing their business grow. It's growing at very quick rates. It's very growing at very respectable rates, given their size. Um, maybe not as big as Amazon was in the earliest days, but becoming very viable businesses, uh, multi, multi-billion dollar businesses, winning large, viable customers. And so it'll be interesting, you know, Amazon has always had this head start, Right, they've always had this stable team. They had this head start. They've had this green field of space to work in, <clears throat> um, and now you know things are going to be a little muddier. Things are going to have some more headwinds than they had before. So those sort of things go on. The next thing that's really hard to gauge is, as we think about this, is you know people talk for a long time and they still talk all the time. When you know, look at the growth rates of any of these companies, but in particular, they always look at AWS and they go. Look at their growth rate. Uh, their growth rate's still huge. They have huge growth rates on top of, you know, multi tens of billions of dollars. But the next person that comes along, and the next year, and the next year, that growth rate doesn't just kind of go away because it's like, oh, you're the new person, and uh, we're all happy, right? The expectations are still very high, and it's if you've never worked in an organization that has a huge number to make every year, you know, your sales team kills themselves. Everybody works themselves as much as they possibly can to make that number, which is 30%, 40%, 50% bigger than the last year. And then the next year comes along again, and you get another huge number, right? So, you know, one of the first things that really kind of impacts people's psyche, and that is challenging if you've never lived through it, and most people haven't lived through running a $50 billion business, is what do you do when the expectation from the market, from your bosses is, I need another 30% year. I need another plus 35% year. I need another whatever. You start to sort of, you, there's a psychological thing you go through, which is, number one, how am I going to do that, right? Are we well prepared to do that in the short term, right? Are we well prepared to do it in the long term? That's a whole different conversation, but are we well prepared to do it in the short term? The next thing you do <clears throat> is you start thinking about, well, what trade-offs can I make to make that number? And those trade-offs might be short-term. They might be long-term. They might be, you know, you start to get into situations where you go, hmm, we used to do a lot of business through partners and that was fine, but we didn't get as much profit out of that. Maybe we need to start pulling back some of those things that we did with partners, start doing more business directly. We start to hear a little bit of those stories from, you know, certain partners, large partners of, of AWS saying, hey, you know, they're starting to do some of those things. 
And that's not an unusual thing for any company that's large, right? Every large technology company at some point has been giving part of their profits to the channel. They've allowed their channel partners different ways of distribution to take advantage of, you know, helping them scale, but they also took some of the profits. And at some point, sometimes companies pull back on that. And that's one of the areas that oftentimes gets looked at as a short-term thing in order to drive near-term revenue, uh, make that next quarter, make that next year. Um, it'll be interesting to watch that. We're starting to see some stories come out of, of the largest partners becoming frustrated with this. And again, it's not an AWS specific thing, but it is sort of a sign of, okay, you know, they're starting to feel some pressure. And when you feel pressure, it's sort of like that old Mike Tyson quote, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And again, if you haven't lived with a business number this big, this you're this important to the business, you know, you don't know exactly how you're going to react. And again, that doesn't, isn't any sort of comment on, on Mr. Solipsky not being a great manager, somebody who can lead, but you know, leading in this environment is different than leading, you know, a tableau. It's just different. Um, the next thing, you know, is we start to see there's a thing that happens. And, and for most of you, if you've ever been working with a really successful company in the early days versus later on, the people that, that drive the earliest growth are really a unique set of people. They're just, they're really creative. They're, they do some amazing things, but they very much have this, this mindset of I'm going to build. I'm not dependent on other people to build things for me. I'm going to build. And what happens over time as companies get very big is those people oftentimes get put into management roles. Um, the things they built have now moved on and continue to grow, but they've been put into management roles. They're not necessarily the, the creative problem solvers all the time. And as the company grows, you bring in people who haven't grown up in that culture, haven't lived in that culture. And they start to come in and they go, oh, I, I think I could do that job. That, that seems like something I could do. And, you know, so this is another one of these situations where, you know, as we start to see some people leave, uh, start to see people go into other companies and organizations and startups and so forth, you know, finding those next generation of people who had the same creative ideas, the same ability to be free and, uh, you know, do interesting things becomes limited, right? And, and this is one of the things that's always interesting about AWS. You always hear everybody talk about, hey, it's day one, it's day one, it's day one. But, you know, it's really hard. It's really, really hard to make it day one all the time. It's nearly impossible, right? We've seen this with every company. It's really hard to be uh, incredibly innovative and creative for decades and decades. And I think we're starting to see some of that with AWS. Uh, we've already seen people complain about, you know, the number of services they have. It's overwhelming and and so forth. And that's another topic that we're going to get into in just a second. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on is, you know, does the level of creativity, does the level of amazing ideas that come along continue to happen? I think it's harder and harder to do, not specific to AWS, but just of companies of this size that, you know, the first generation or second generation of people have begun to leave. Yes, incredible people continue to come in, but it's just different. It's just a different thing that goes in there. Now, the other thing that starts to happen, and again, we're already seeing this in the market, is competitors start figuring out how do we how do we not be so far behind? How do we find our niches? What are our pressure points that we can use so that we're not going head to head against the bigger competitor who has as much resources or more resources? But where can we start to poke? Where can we start to prod? Where can we start to pick away at things? And this is where you're starting to hear people no longer sort of talk about the three clouds as, hey, they're all the same. 
we're beginning to see very distinct personalities between them, right? Google is very much looked at and uh, expected to be the data cloud, right? The one that has the best tools for managing data, for managing AI and ML and all those sort of things. Azure is still very much the one that understands your enterprise business, is probably the most tied to kind of helping you get where you are today, the legacy of what you have today into the cloud. And Amazon is still the one who's you know very much looked at as, yes, the leader, but also built for builders, right? Their, their philosophy has always been you know lots and lots of individual components. And what's going to be interesting, so we've now have these sort of distinct personalities coming out. Uh, we're going to see customers who are picking and choosing based on what better fits them, not just, oh, they're the only cloud or they're the biggest cloud or whatever. But the other thing that we're going to see come out of this, and this is a really big transition for any technology company, is at some point, the customers that you sell to, the market that you sell to begins to mature. And you're no longer just dealing with uh, sort of the the early adopters, the pre-crossing the chasm customers. You're beginning to deal with a much bigger market, which is great, much more opportunity. But those customers are far less savvy, far less technical, far less willing to take anything that you have that will help them one one ounce, one iota, one percent. They want it to be simpler. And you know, if we think about all these clouds, they've they've done a fantastic job of modularizing everything about IT, modularizing everything about the technology space and what you could buy and how you could consume it. But we're now going to start to move into a situation where people are going to look for solutions. Right, And what solutions ultimately mean is somebody needs to put two or three things together for me and put a wrapper around it, put a bow on it, and make it simpler to consume because I don't have the world-class people that Spotify had or Netflix had or you know whoever had. You know, I'm a company that you know builds cars, makes pharmaceuticals, builds tractors, flies airplanes, whatever we do, we do logistics, right? It's they don't have the ability to either attract the talent or acquire the talent or whatever. So they're looking for things to be simpler and to get that mindset from, we built a lot of tools and things to, we're going to try and make things simpler is a distinct skill set, And it's not necessarily something that the cloud as a whole has offered in spades, but it will become more and more of a demand of the marketplace. And whoever can better manage that introduce new solutions, simplify solutions, simplify pricing. A lot of these things we've talked about is why is the cloud so complicated? They're going to have an opportunity to really grow. And it might be AWS, but it might be Azure. It might be Google. It might be somebody else, right? It might be, you know, somebody that takes sort of a digital ocean approach to things. And we're going to kind of keep things simplified. We're going to focus on, you know, certain verticals. We're going to focus on certain things. Uh, Maybe it's an Apple, Maybe it's somebody else, right? Somebody that we hadn't expected. Um, you know, so that's another sort of understand the market, the maturity of the market, right? Cloud's been around for 12 plus years or so now, 15 plus years. Um, expectations are different because we're in a different stage, a different cycle of, of the cloud. So the last thing uh, I'll sort of throw out because I've been going for a while is, you know, we're going to see... And you'll see individuals doing this. You'll start to see stories get written up. Um, you're going to see some people move around. And, you know, we saw, uh, you know, the, the big move, uh, I believe his name is Charlie Bell. I think that's his name. Uh, move from Amazon over to Azure. Again, for folks like that who have been around for literally more than decades have probably made millions and millions of dollars. They're not necessarily moving for money. But we are going to see 
a lot of engineering talent move around, right? We're seeing right now, you know, third quarter of 2021. I mean, we're seeing more people talk about getting more job offers with more money than we've ever seen before. And again, this kind of goes to this thing I talked about a few weeks ago. Why are we seeing so much VC money pouring in and all these sort of things is companies are looking to accelerate stuff. They want to go find the best engineers. They're trying to get teams of engineers. They're sort of trying to build super teams and so forth. Um, We're starting to see companies put, you know, headquarter-like locations in other areas. It could be a Raleigh. It could be in Austin. It could be, you know, in Europe. It could be whatever. They're trying to go find the best talent possible. They're trying to pay, you know, premiums to get it because who those who have the most talent tend to win if you can build the right culture and have the right market fit and all that sort of thing. So I think we're going to see a lot of people, not just sort of dribbles and drabbles here and there. We're going to see a lot of people moving around and uh, they're going to move for money. And sometimes when people get really big numbers thrown at them, um, you know, as much as they might love someplace, you know, if you can change your life, your kid's life, your family, if you got a, a hardship to overcome, whatever it might be, a lot of money sometimes will will change your mind. And especially if you're like, hey, I could do the same work, get the same sort of resources, have the same flexibilities, be creative over at place X, and they're going to pay me 50% more, or 30% more, or 200% more. I think we're going to see a lot of money flowing around. We're already seeing a lot of money flowing around from the VC community into startups. I think we're going to see the companies that have deep pockets start to feel some pressure from this. And they're going to start to go and say, we're not just going to hire small numbers, right? We're going to go hire not even just big numbers. We're going to go, we're going to go, you know, sort of whale hunting, if you will. We're going to go looking for the biggest, the best. We're going to go make bold bets and so forth. So, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of money flowing around. I think we're going to see a lot of people flowing around. And I think, you know, when you when you add all these things up, you've got, you know, new leadership in places, you've got mature leadership in other places that the dynamics are different than they were five years ago. You've got businesses that have now begun to mature. They start to have, understand their sales motion. They are to start to understand what their identity is, right? Those things are starting to flush themselves out. We're going to start to see a lot of interesting things continue to happen in the VC market. Uh, we're going to start to see more and more stuff become native in the cloud, not just you know, starts as open source and becomes cloud. We're going to see native in the cloud. We're going to see companies like MongoDB who've now you know gone past 50% of their business being cloud business, right? As opposed to you know, started as a software company. So we're going to see more and more of those kind of companies happen. And I think, you know, <clears throat> when we summarize this all up, like I said, I think we're going to see 12 to 24 months of just a lot, a lot of change, a lot of what I'll call chaos and headlines written about, you know, can AWS stay on top? Is so-and-so making a big surge? Uh, you know, are there, I can't believe that partnership happened. But I think because of the dynamics of all the things that are going on these days, how much money's floating around, how many people are going to change teams, change uh, jobs, change roles, change opportunities, um, you know, I think we're all going to be in for for a very interesting next 12 to 24 months. So we'd love to get your feedback on that. Am I missing it? Let me know. Um, but uh, it just feels like there's enough data points, enough nuggets, enough stories, enough kind of uh, patterns that we've seen before from large companies having to go through the, you know, the next challenge that they have, the incumbents and the challengers kind of making moves in the chessboard, if you will. Um, feels like it's the time when things are starting to change. So uh, let me know. Love to get your feedback. What did I get right? What am I getting wrong? Uh, we'll definitely come back to this in 12 months and 24 months and see if we did get anything right or wrong. 
But as always, thank you all for listening. Thanks for the time. Thanks for telling a friend. Uh, we're starting to see more and more people come back. I think the summer vacations are starting to get over. People are coming back listening to more and more podcasts. So if you get a chance, tell your friend. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you have ideas for us, uh, show at thecloudcast.net. Uh, we'd always love to hear your feedback. With that, we're going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.